Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets show. Uh, I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell here for the inaugural episode on the Mayo Media Network. DJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan, so by the time you listen to this, I'll either be crying or very happy. Um, yeah, no, this is extremely exciting. We are so honored to uh, have joined this network. Uh, Pat Mayo, one of the best in the industry. It feels great. We've been doing this uh, daily fantasy stuff for about four years now, and finally joining a network feels just fantastic. So I'm so super excited to get going. Uh, there'll be a lot on this podcast as far as bets and all the gambling you could want, a lot of hockey news. We've been covering the sport, playing the sport forever. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, definitely check out uh, the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Get, hit the subscribe button. It takes five seconds. It means the world to us. And I know, you know, the more we do and the more uh, other guys are going to get involved with this, it's going to be a growing, uh, ever-changing thing. So Matt, anything you want to start off with? How, first off, how are you? Yeah, I mean, How's look, like this is this is great. We're doing, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be the start of something pretty special here. Um, you know, we're launching a daily show. Um, DJ and I will be doing the Tuesdays and Thursdays if all goes according to plan. Um, but really what we're just here for is to talk about fantasy hockey. We're here to talk about betting on hockey and we're here to talk about, you know, a daily fantasy too. You know, there's just so many ways that to kind of tackle this sport that seem really, uh, you know, underserved it just by, you know, by extent of, uh, football and basketball, get all the attention, but us little hockey players, we don't get too much. So we're here to give you that. Um, what this show is going to be is going to be a, a full season sort of preview. Uh, we'll go division by division. Uh, today will be the East and the West divisions and the Central and Canadian will be at a later point, uh, likely tomorrow when you're listening to this, but you know, just stay tuned to the audio, the podcast feed to the YouTube feed and you'll see some, you know, you'll just see these pop up again every single day. So uh, we are really looking forward to this. Obviously we you know, couldn't do this without the help of some friends. So if you are looking for, you know, help with your bets or your fantasy play, checking out Fade the Noise, uh, FTN Daily for the fantasy aspect, ftndaily.com, and also FTN Bets for the betting portion. Uh, there's a ton of tools there, any sport you can imagine, uh, you know, just go check them out. Use the promo code MAYO, and that'll get you uh, basically uh, let them know that we sent you and would be super beneficial. So. Uh, with all that out of the way, I think we're good to start going division by division here. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, th just a quick intro on ourselves, just really quick. You can see where you can follow us probably right below. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you want more information. Uh, but yeah, me and Matt, just real quick before we get going, we are kind of best friends since third grade, uh, played hockey our whole lives together, always kind of doing just whatever. Uh, we got involved with the sport in DraftKings. Matt is definitely a sharp uh, really, really top player. You'll see him on the top of the leaderboard all the time if you play on DraftKings or FanDuel or what have you. Um, and really, four years ago, we, we the main podcast we listened to went away. We got involved, as I mentioned. So, uh, Matt, is there anything else you want to just say about our, ourselves before we get going? Before yeah, I mean, if, is there anything you want to say? I mean, if you know us, like you said, you know, I, I do play a decent amount of DraftKings. I'm moods over on uh, DraftKings. Uh, DJ's DJ Sabres. So hopefully you'll see him up there this year. But, um, you know, the, the podcast we do, I uh, have done for a while is the morning skate podcast. And, you know, we'll, we'll be sure to, uh, you know, just get that across when 
you need more of us, um, you can find us on Twitter and all that. Well, we'll talk about it never enough. Show, though. So, um, yeah. you know, so we have as, uh, the, as the name implies, we are both Sabres fans. Um, so we've been very <laughs> sad for a long time, but we're not going to just focus on one team. So Matt, I'll let you get back to it right now. Let's get kicking with what we want to talk about. All right. So uh, yeah. So like I said, we're going to go division by division here. Um, we have some pretty fancy uh, graphic overlays. So obviously, if you're listening to the audio uh, podcast, that might not necessarily be the uh, the most useful thing to you. But that means you should probably check out the YouTube channel because it'll it's super clear, easy to follow, and you can sort of see the lines that we're talking about as we uh, go through this. So uh, we will go team by team through each division, talking about the point over unders, the divisional odds, the ultimate Stanley Cup odds. And then their odds to make the playoffs. So, you know, we won't cover all of those things, but just sort of pointing out, um, you know, where, where the best action is, you know, what, what the best bets are, that sort of thing. Um, and then toward the end of the show, uh, you'll get some of our thoughts on the player award. So, you know, the MVP, the Norris, uh, best, best defenseman, um, things like that. So uh, let's get it started here, going over to uh, the East Division. And we'll start alphabetical order, the Boston Bruins. Now, they're probably the powerhouse in this division. They've been good for, jeez, uh, they've been good for years now, uh, over a decade. You know the the the, the perfection line. Um, not really together to start the year. Um, David Pasternak will be out for an extended period of time. Brad Marchand seems like he's on the mend. He's been practicing in you know training camp, but he doesn't seem cleared for for night one. Um, so DJ, just sort of to preempt this. These guys are the favorites in the East Division. Um, two and a half, yeah. uh, I guess, plus 250 odds to win the division. How do you feel about that? And, you know, just sort of what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I mean, the Boston Bruins, I think the number one thing that comes up is the culture of the Bruins. I mean, they somehow find a way to just get these bottom line scores to contribute every year. Every year, think, well, how are they going to continue? They're getting older. Pasternak, uh, kind of the, the young guy there, but Marchand and uh, – Produce Bergeron a bit older. They always find a way to get it done. I can't see a scenario where they miss the playoffs. It would really have to be some of these injuries that you mentioned lagging on or continuing and coming back again. The big, you know, change for the Bruins is Chara going over, um, not resigning, I guess, and going to Washington. We get, uh, you know, McAvoy kind of taking over the reins there on defense, the new captain in Bergeron. Uh, I don't love their odds to win the division. It's, you know, not a ton of equity pretty you know random how this is going to sort out shortened schedule i don't think the odds really figured that in very well the you know condensing the games and everything and how that'll play uh i i love them to make the playoffs again not a ton of equity there i'm not sure if i put it a lot on it because it's like what are you going to benefit you know unless we're going to parlay this thing i don't love that uh the point total 71 and a half seems incredibly fair uh you know to make the playoffs this year we're kind of looking at 61 to 65 points. That's kind of your, your middle ground. If you're above 65, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of where you're going to make the playoffs. They're, they're going to get there. I, I doubt Vegas is that off. Um, yeah. 112 uh, points at stake. I, I like I like them around 70. I think that's fair. If you want to go a smidge under, I think if you want to get crazy, if you really are a heavy gambler and maybe go with, you know, under on the points and losing the division and then making the playoffs, would be how I look at this. And that's kind of my angle on the Bruins. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think the main thing that honestly uh, almost is sort of subconsciously, maybe, you know, going into what you were saying is 
that Tori Krug left this team, and that seems like oh, a yeah. big loss right off the draw. Um, but Matt Greslick has sort of been groomed for this for the last few years, and it looks like he's stepping right into that second pair, first power play role that Krug uh, occupied. Um, so, you know, McAvoy on the top pair should be able to carry whoever, you know, winds up there. Uh, with him, it's been Jeremy Lazan, you know, very, very irrelevant player. But um, yeah. just sort of, I think if Greslick is even 95% of what Tory Krug brought to the table, that this team will be fine. Obviously, that's a, you know, a big ask, but I think Greslick's a really good player. So, um, you know, to me, I think they're a pretty good bet to, uh, you know, to make the playoffs minus 400. Uh, that seems pretty, pretty easy. Um, but like you, I think I'm betting the under on their 71 and a half uh, point total there. So, um, yeah. going over from That's there cool. into uh, Buffalo, uh, you can see DJ wearing his Sabres gear. Um, you know, they brought in Taylor Hall, <laughs> um, just, just, you know, really exciting, uh, player and should be a really exciting line skating with Jack Eichel. Um, they are one of the uh, basement dwellers in this division, though, based on some of the early returns. Uh, we have a point total of 54 and a half. Again, that's in 56 games. So, you know, just under an 80-point pace, basically, uh, for the Sabres there. 20-1 uh, to 1 to win the division and plus 325 to make the playoffs. Um, you know, not really thinking that the Sabres are a cup contender. Uh you know, what are your thoughts on that number and where do you think they fit in this division? I mean, obviously I want it to be low, uh, but I, I think it's, again, I think that Vegas, it's tough to really argue too much. A uh, lot of unproven stuff here. Ralph Kruger comes in last year. I don't think he changed enough in the right way for me, but I think coming into this year with Hall, Stahl, um, potentially Dylan Cousins, who we might mention as a very out there pick for Calder, it's going to be interesting. Gergensen's out for the year now. Goaltending is the main concern here, though. Last year, it was abysmal. Uh, Olmark was good. He got hurt. Carter Hutton can track the puck. You know, season over. If you like the goaltending, I think you have a chance to conceivably see them in the playoffs. Olmark has to step it up. Hutton has to be able to track the puck again. I think if you do pick them as a playoff team, though, you should probably you know, put Jack Eichel as maybe like a top three in the heart as a bet to go with that. It's kind of, you know, a good correlation. If the Sabres make the playoffs, Jack Eichel probably is in the heart conversation uh, as he was last year until the Sabres nose that dive right out of the, right out of everything to take Jack Quinn in the top 10. So yeah, I, I like it. I think that, you know, if again, 63 points, kind of the middle ground of making the playoffs, you know, that's nine, well, eight and a half short, I think um, not, not looking great. Uh, I, I like the over, that's how I, I mean, I'm definitely biased. So don't take my word for this one, but Matt, yeah. thoughts, thoughts on the Sabres. With a, with a revamped top six, you know, Eric Stahl comes in and really shores up a position they've struggled at for years. I mean, since they got Eichel, they really haven't, well, since they traded Ryan O'Reilly for a bag of pucks, they haven't really had a reliable second center. Um, so maybe Stahl can fill the gap there for a year and sort of push them. You know, this is, this is their one chance though. Uh, Paul probably walks after this year. Um, so I think there is a little bit of narrative street year, you know, short season players love Ralph Kruger. That's why Taylor Hall showed up. Um, like you, I think it's a decent bet to, to uh, you know, to bet they're over on the points. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sort of passing on the rest of them though. Uh, it's very similar uh, odds, but I think a very worse sort of situation is New Jersey. Uh, like the Sabres, uh, as of you know, as of the weekend before the season started, uh, they're also at 54 and a half team total or uh, 
I guess, point uh, over under uh, with 25 to one odds to win the division and plus 350 to make the playoffs. Um, to me, this seems like a clear stay away. Uh, you know, if you want to bet them to, to miss the playoffs, uh, you could also do that. I think that's a very, very good bet, even at pretty, uh, you know, tough money. Uh, I think you're getting them about minus 450, which is always, you know, it's tough to lock up that much money for that period of time. Um, but the Devils, uh, Corey Crawford sort of walked out on them, retired just just the other day. Uh, very interesting situation there. So obviously all the best to him and his family if there's actually something going on there. Um, but on the ice, I mean, that really hurts them. Uh, last year, they had some of the worst yeah. backup goaltending in the league. Mackenzie Blackwood's a stud, but can he keep that up? Uh, or was that just a one-season fluke? That's just sort of uh, what remains to be seen. And the continued growth from guys like Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes will just be absolutely crucial to this team getting there. So uh, to me, this is sort of uh, easy under. I think they're the bottom of this division for sure. Um you know, under 54 and a half sounds good, but what about you, Deej? No, I, I totally agree. Everything you said, I, I don't, do not like this bet. Uh, I think that the big thing that we didn't, we didn't mention was the defense is bad. Uh, I like Ty Smith as a young gun to get in there and maybe do something, but it's not going to be enough. Uh, Ryan Murray and PK Subban top pair at, unless if Subban really bounces back, it's, it's not good. Mackenzie Blackwood will have to legitimately go 950 like nuclear level of unbelievableness i can't see it happening i don't want to go crazy into detail here don't really like the devils in any aspect i mean they're just hey. a weak team that probably is just going to be on the hear, basement of this, this hear season. me out pk suban redemption narrative Lindsay Vaughn engagement off pk suban shows up yeah. this year you know he he's gunning for the norris uh he got he got robbed of the norris oh god coming for it you know he's he's he, he's motivated. <laughs> so. If they make, if you pick them to make the playoffs, PK Norris, <laughs> easy money. <laughs> Just you got the, it. Their correlation's right there for you. Yeah. No. So, um. All right. Next up here, we have two teams with very similar uh, projections and also uh, two very similar locations. So we've got the uh, the Islanders and the Rangers here. Uh, the Islanders are actually they're both at sixty one and a half uh, for their over under, and then the Islanders are ten to one to win the division. The Rangers are eight to one to win the division, and then both teams are uh, plus one thirty to make the playoffs. So they're a little bit, uh, you know, there's definitely some equity there. I think uh, depending on which team you prefer here. Um, so you know, let's sort of knock these teams both out at the same time. Uh, between the Islanders and the Rangers, uh, yeah. you know, who who do you prefer here, and uh, what's the uh, you know what's your outlook for them? I think. Uh... It's really tough because every year we get into the Islanders and I always say, man, there's no way. There's just no way they're going to do it again. They caught lightning in a bottle a couple years in a row. Teams are going to start figuring them out, but you just can't figure out trots, I guess. He just somehow finds a way to bore the game down to the most boring level. For daily fantasy players, you know, going against the Islanders sludges up the game a good bit. I, I think the Islanders are a little bit better with the experience. They're not really bringing anyone major in. I mean, they got JPG last year, John Gabriel Peugeot. I can't think of anyone that's going to make a huge difference other than maybe Sorokin, the rookie goaltender from Russia, backing up the uh, longtime Russian goaltender, Semyon Verlamov. I like them a little more. The Rangers, definitely more of your who knows. They have a lot of young guys coming in as far as Lafreniere um, and Shusterkin, and, and that taking over the reins from Hendrik Lundqvist has been a long time. I think 
you know, both of them at the same odds, I, I got to take the Islanders, even though I like the Rangers offense a good amount more goaltending, I think is pretty even, but really defense is where it comes down to. And the Rangers defense, barring someone really stepping up, I don't think it's very good. It was bad last year. And the Islanders defense, I, I mean, people that have listened to us before, I love Ryan Pulock, one of my favorites. Uh, I think, you know, they do lose Devin Taves, but I still think they have a very, very sound defensive unit that's going to just get them to the playoffs, uh, or, or at least very close. And the Rangers, I think, just missing. So I, I think I go over on the Islanders as as far as the 63-point playoff, and then the uh, under on the Rangers. Yeah, so, so for me, this is sort of the, uh, you know, it actually sort of it's captured in the odds because the Rangers are 8-1 to to win the division and the Islanders are 10-1. to uh, the Rangers seem like they have such a high ceiling relative, you know, re- relative to the, this division, honestly. Um, you know, we've talked about Boston being banged up. We'll, we'll also talk about Pittsburgh and Washington sort of in the uh, in the afterlight of, uh, you know, their studs careers. So there's definitely some possibility that, you know, Panarin leads this team and guys like Lafreniere and Kako step up and really just take this team to the absolute next level. Um, you know, for that reason, I, I think I'm more comfortable betting on the Rangers than I am the Islanders. Uh, the other thing with the Islanders is that, you, I mean, you just gave away Devontae's for nothing. Like, literally, you get, you know, you, you, yeah, you got two second yeah. rounders, but if you're a team that's built to win now, um, you know, their cap situation's pretty tough, uh, which is why they had to trade in the first place. Um, but this is, this is the time you're going to do it and you're shelling, you know, you're sending off guys like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it with the Islanders. Um, so I think making an upside bet on someone like the Rangers is the way to go for me. Um, so something like eight to one to win the division, I think is my favorite bet there. Um, you know, it's otherwise though, I think I'm staying away because as we'll talk about these next three teams, uh, it seems like the top four in my mind is, is relatively concrete. Um, so just getting to the next team, we have the, the flyers here. Um, basically the favorites to win the division uh, outside of Boston, of course, at a over under 67 and a half and almost four to one odds. It's plus 375 on them to win the division. And so I'll give you the pitch for the flyers because I do recall last year, uh, if you're listening to the Morning Skate podcast, I also gave this pitch last year. And uh, frankly, last season feels like a decade ago, so I don't quite remember if this happened. But the Flyers were among the best teams in the, in the conference last year. Um, and here's, here it is for the Flyers. They have probably one of the best players in the past 10 years, Claude Giroux. You know, he's not at the peak of his powers, but he's still really freaking good. They have really young defensemen in Provorov, if Gossespierre returns to form. Uh, Sandheim is, you know, really impressive. And even guys like Phil Myers and Robert Haig, like they are loaded with good defensemen. They have Carter Hart in net, you know, the Flyers with reliable goaltending. I mean, that hasn't happened in <laughs> in forever. Um, so really, I, to me, it just comes down to, there's a lot of offensive potential here, but I just think they're really sound defensively. And that's why I like this team. I like them to make the playoffs. I think they're a great cup pick at 17 to one. Um, like, I just think this is one of the premier teams in the, in the East and certainly uh, in the NHL as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would echo everything you just said. I won't even try to go too long on them because everything you said was exactly how I feel. They're loaded. Uh, do they even get Nolan Patrick back who I still have a lot of time for? I mean, what was going on with him last year was, was, was devastating. But he's back. He's going to be playing, adding another potential top end center. I mean, we, we don't know. Number two pick, 
obviously hasn't lived up to that hype, but has had some very weird injuries along the way. So if he can be back and he can be a difference maker as well, that's just going to add another piece of, to that team that they didn't need, but they're going to get. So yeah, I, I 100% agreement with them. I'm very, very high on the Islanders on all of these. Um, they could even be a cup contender. I definitely think so. It's going to come down to Carter Hart, but I think he's great. So uh, we can just move right over to the first game. It's going to be uh, the whole season, Flyers versus Penguins. So move right over to the Penguins if you're ready. Um, the Penguins, again, Sidney Crosby, Malkin, uh, Latang, all still there. Definitely, I think they got a little bit weaker, but still, you know, one of the premium teams. Actually, on this, they have the same exact point total as the Flyers. I definitely like the Flyers a bit more. But the Penguins back again with all it really the, the, the top end team. I mean, if Crosby's there, then missing the playoffs is always tough. He's, you know, the second best player in the world. Uh, top line with Gensel right now, Rodriguez, a little bit weird, but I still think they have enough. Uh, I, I love the addition of Jason Zucker on that team. I think he's a difference maker. They got at the deadline last year, but the the number one guy I got to mention is John Marino. I'm a, I'm a fanboy of, of what he can do. So you know. I, I like them a lot. And as long as the goaltending's there, which is the question mark, uh, I think they're, they're a playoff team for sure. So Matt, what do you think? Yeah, the, the John Marino thing is really weird to me. I mean, he came out of literally <laughs> nowhere and just everyone just fawns over him. Like, I get it. He's good. But like, I don't know. Is he still the difference maker on this and on a team with Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin? I don't know. Um, you know, shedding Jack Johnson, honestly, might be the best thing they did this offseason. Um, <laughs> um, like, man, like, you just get so much better just based on that alone. Um, but here's one thing that's a bit concerning with Pittsburgh. Casper uh, Kapanen was sort of traded for in the offseason and slotted in to be Sidney Crosby's, you know, first line right winger. Um, he's not been able to practice with the team yet due to some, uh, I think, visa issues and uh, following like quarantine, uh, you know, just the way this whole season's going to go. Just one of those weird things where like this guy, you know, I, I had really high hopes for Kapanen coming in and now he's missing out on, you know, what practice time you do get with Crosby. Um, Crosby is notoriously really hard to play with, you know, it doesn't seem that hard from the outside. Like, to be honest, well, you know, let's be real. Like just put your stick on the ice and go toward the net and you should get, you know, 15 goals no problem. Um, but you've heard it enough where it might be true. Um, so if they can't figure out that first line, you know, in time, or if Kapanen just really struggles, I think that that could be sort of the, uh, you know, just the reason why I think Flyers much above them. Um, but yeah, so we can go uh, from there. Well, over. well, I have to, I, ha I have to bring up one thing just really quick. Last thing on the Penguins, Matt, I mentioned it on our podcast. John Marino, as I mentioned, who is the team that drafted him 154th overall in 2015? I'm going to guess it's a team that needs defensemen. Um, so it's going to be very funny when you tell me it's going to be Edmonton. It is Edmonton. Edmonton Oilers <laughs> had his had him, and they just let him go for nothing. Look up that deal if you want. That's the kind of coverage you're going to get here uh, with me of and Matt. But, yeah, I know. John Marino and Edmonton, I mean, just another one of the guys that Edmonton got let go. Uh, hilarious always. They just yeah. can't seem to figure it out. Neither can the no. Sabres. Who am I to judge? But yeah, so, we can um, yeah. Well, speaking of guys game. Edmonton let go who turned into useful players on Pittsburgh, um, Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz. <laughs> he, I, uh, he leaves Pittsburgh. And we'll talk more about that in a in a following segment. So stay tuned there. But uh, you know, we go over to Washington, and 
you know, here's here's the uh, Alex Ovechkin show. Like it's you know one of Ovi's uh, final years in the league. I'm very much looking forward to watching him as a team. Their over under is 66 and a half, just a smidge below the Flyers and the Penguins, uh, and they also have four, uh, four to one odds to win the division. So, um, you know, to me, this seems like the most sort of fragile of a team. Like if if one thing goes wrong for them, be it, you know, a key injury to a guy like uh, Carlson or Samsonov or, you know, I, I'm not even going to mention Ovechkin because Ovechkin doesn't get hurt. Um, but if something were to go wrong, this team doesn't seem to have the depth anymore to sort of, you know, fill it in from below. Um, so this is something where I think you're sort of betting on the team to stay healthy and to sort of avoid the regression monster that comes for, you know, like some players like maybe John Carlson, who, you know, should be good again this year, but also had just an incredible season last year. Um, so for me, this seems like the team, if you're looking to bet against one of the sort of core four teams here in this newly configured East division, uh, taking the under and letting, you know, one of the other teams sort of slide up into that spot. So uh, DJ, what are your thoughts though on, on Washington? No, I- I'm honestly, again, echo the same thing. I think that they're the most volatile as well, as far as missing and should make it, you know, plus 400 to win the division, uh, one minus 195 to make the playoffs. A lot of people are going to kind of pencil them in. Definitely the regression monster comes, comes for all of us eventually. And it's, it could be there. Uh, I love Ovechkin though, in his final potential final year. We don't know. We hope not, but it's always in the back of our minds. He's obviously really taking over the role as a dad. And you see all the videos of him with his kid and, He's already mentioned, you know, wanting to be there. So it's going to be tough. I already have my um, narrative that he's waiting for that Russian superstar to come up, the 15-year-old who I'm not going to even try his name right now unless you can remember it. Um, no. He's gonna, he's waiting for what, Cyborg Ovechkin to go out for Cyborg 2 um, to come in. I'll look up his name in a minute. But, yeah, so I I think it's not Ovechkin's last year, but I have this feeling these all these grizzled veterans, shortened season, I don't know if it's going to help or hurt. I think a lot of people could talk themselves into either way. You know, the veterans have more, you know, time playing back to back to back games. You get some of these college kids that come in a younger team. They're not used to playing as many games as quickly. So it could benefit that way. But then the same token, older players might get worn down faster from all the back to back to back games and uh, kind of reduce time off schedule. You could really talk yourself into either way. I still like them as a playoff team. I think 66 is perfect for them. I think they could end up getting in at like 65, 60, you know, 66 right there. So I'm, I'm in on it, but everything you said, it, they're the most volatile. So if you're going to put in um, a Buffalo Sabres or a Rangers or an Islanders over any team, I would also just take Washington missing the playoffs with it. So uh, are we ready to just give our top four and then move on to the West? Yeah. Um, and so just one thing from sort of like a macro perspective, when you're thinking about, you know, how to bet these sort of preseason odds, so to speak, um, in years past, you know, obviously this is not that different in terms of, you know, we have these teams, you know, X amount are going to make the playoffs. But what makes this season so kind of special is that these teams are only playing each other. Like you're not getting the sort of uh, like almost – it's almost like a limiting factor when you get to play two games against every other team in the league. Um, you know, here the cream's going to rise to the crop, or the cream's going to rise to the top. Meaning, you know, w- when you like Boston, you like them more than the Sabers, Devils, you know, whatever. Um, and you're sort of you're sort of banking on them getting those points in those games against inferior teams. And so that makes it really easy, I think, to just sort of say 
rank these teams one through eight and you know the top four are more likely to make the playoffs than they were in years past because you're not really getting those sort of uh, added variants of playing a bunch of different teams all the time you're only playing against one another so i think that's you know a really interesting thing to think about um and so for me this isn't the division where i want to get too crazy it just really seems to me like the top four teams are the best four teams and it's not necessarily all that close um yeah so I, I like the flyers to win the division um you know i i think they're coming out and they're going to make a run in the uh, playoffs uh whichever team gets out of this division by the way i think will be the best you know uh will be among the top two because <laughs> this division loaded man and so you're going to need one heck of a season to make it um so give me the flyers first I'll take Pittsburgh second, Boston third, and then I think Washington does manage to get there, and hopefully with some OV heroics involved. Yeah, no, I, I really pretty similar again. Uh, I mean, I want to put Buffalo in so bad, I just can't do it. Um, I know in my heart they're in the playoffs, in in my heart, but in, in my mind it's Philly one, Boston two, Penguins three, Washington four, which is probably almost exactly what the odds say. Uh, I I don't really see any of these teams missing, but the Islanders or the Rangers could slip in. I think the Sabres, if they could really catch lightning in a bottle, if Olmar can, can take flight, but the goaltending's too weak. Um, and that Russian player I was talking about, Mitvev, Michkov, definitely Michkov is his last name. How you say his first name, I'm definitely going to be butchering. But look him up if you want to look up that next first overall pick uh, after what? It's not this draft, the next draft. No, 2023. 2023, yeah, a couple years down the road. Yeah, a couple so. years down the road. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it's Shane Wright, and then him, I believe. Okay, so we can kick it over to the West, maybe move a little bit faster this time. I feel like we're going to be running a little long. Right? I think we're okay. Okay, we're okay. The, um, we'll start. Oh. Yeah, so so the West seems a little bit more wide open to me. Um, you know, we do have the, the top being uh, Vegas and Colorado. You know, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll get to them in order. But, um, you know, just realistically speaking, though, like um, there's not a lot after that. So – uh, I am looking forward to sort of talking through this. Um, first, we have Anaheim, and right now they're at a 53 and a half point total. Um, DJ, as you were mentioning before, the playoff cutoff should be somewhere in the neighborhood of the low 60s. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you are paying close attention, you'll see only three of these teams are even projected above 61. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, you know, you know, it sort of leaves a lot of anyway. Um, so Anaheim at 53 and a half, uh, that seems, you know, like a little too good to be true to me. Um, you know, plus 225 to make the playoffs is also just a little bit, a uh, little bit low. Um, so I, I think that, uh, I think that the over there is honestly very much so in play. Um, you know, 60 to one cup odds isn't great, but I think the Ducks, you know, I say this every year, it feels like, and maybe I'm just wrong, but backed by John Gibson, you know, you can make a lot of mistakes, but when you have the firepower up front with Ricard Raquel and, you know, Jacob Silverberg isn't necessarily the, you know, the most offensively gifted player, but man, he, is he effective? Um, and so I, I think there's just enough here for them to sort of make a push and to be better than expected. Uh, I love the addition of Kevin Shattenkirk. Like, yeah. I think he's sort of, you know, we saw last year in Tampa, he's obviously not washed. Um, you know, maybe the Rangers had something to do with that. But, uh, you know, I think he comes in, he mans that first power play, and they just 
are good. Like last year, they were the league's most ineffective power play. You know, like, like it, I think yeah. it has to get better. And in this division, I don't think they'll have too much of a problem, you know, just figuring that out. And, you know, there's a lot of rope to play with. Um, you know, you don't need to be perfect to make the, the playoffs in this division. So that's no, my totally, yeah. that's my pitch for the uh, for the yeah. Ducks here. But DJ, tell I'm me on, what your thoughts I am, are. I'm on board. You know I'm on board with the Ducks. I, I'm very high on them. Uh, I think it's the Gibson. It's also I, I really think they have a sound defense. I mean, you, the Shattenkirk edition is huge. Fowler, Manson, Lindholm, I think they'll be able to shut down some of these weaker teams. And, and really the main reason is how weak this, this division is. That gives them such an opportunity to get hot with Gibson, you know, going on a run and making a chance of these playoffs. A condensed schedule really helps this team a lot. Uh, they are going to be rostering quite a young team. Um, they have you know, Troy Terry, Sam Steele, uh, stuff like that. Sony Milano, maybe Trevor Zegras and a couple others from the World Juniors, if you watched, that could make this team going to be a young team hopefully they can find one of those guys to step up big time a lot of former first round picks and if you watch the world juniors you would have noticed anaheim ducks prospect to anaheim ducks prospect to anaheim ducks prospect for a goal there's so many involved so if they could get a couple guys to come in find some secondary scoring they could be dangerous in the division because it is weak i i not as high on the next team that the coyotes we're going to get to in a second obviously the kings are the, the basement dweller potentially of the league barring a crazy turnaround and I don't like the Sharks. It's like, they're right there. They just got to take care of business, get hot at the right time, and they can make the playoffs. I really think that this these odds are really low on them, and they're not taking into account how bad this division is. Obviously, we could totally eat our words if Gibson gets hurt, and they just end up tanking. Uh, Ryan Biller, presumably the backup, I don't, he's fine as a backup, but as a starter, yikes. So they are one injury away from being you know right at the basement level, but John Gibson is maybe the best goalie in the league. Yeah. All right. So a, a team that a lot of people maybe even forgot existed in Arizona here, um, you know, not without their fair share of controversy with the draft and all of that, but mm -hmm. you just look at them and you're like, how is this team capped out? Like, you know, what, what have they done? <laughs> um, you know, like they're, a, they're a lot of bad moves. Yeah. A lot, a lot of bad moves. Um, not a lot of good young players. So man, Arizona, I think is in for a tough season. Um, yep. They tried to trade Ekman Larson and they didn't even manage to do that. Like, it's just really hard to see a, you know, the path forward for the next right. couple of years with them. Um, and frankly, you know, for a team that did make the playoffs, they did beat Nashville in the play in round, um, you know, only to get absolutely smoked by Colorado. But whatever. these numbers seem really to sort of reflect that with a over under of only 56 and a half. Um, you know, 60 to one cup odds for, you know, a playoff team. Uh, it seems like they're really baking in that those sort of struggles. Um, and so that's why I'm not an immediate sort of just smash the under. Um, Cause it does seem yeah. like, uh, you know, it does seem like there is a little bit of overreaction maybe to, you know, what it's a decent, you know, it's a decent roster, but it, in no way should it be the final form of this team. Um, and so when you look at something like 15 to one odds, like to win the division, like now, like, you know, just pass on that, but you know, to make the playoffs of plus 200, I think is, is an okay bet. Um, so I don't know, DJ, what, what are your thoughts there with, with this team yeah. and how they're currently constructed? Uh, I mean, a, I, I don't like them to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be right on the cusp. I, I, they're not good, but they're not terrible. I do think that if they are struggling and they'll, they'll find a way to uh, move OEL, 
the teams want him. The price wasn't there. If he has a hot start, he could move on. So if you do season long or dynasty leagues or anything like that, I think uh, Chuck is going to be a great addition. Either grab him now or grab him later. I have him on my team. And for our dynasty league, I'm in with Matt. And I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. So I do like him a lot. I think that goaltending is strong here. But again, one of these guys could easily move and Kemper or Ranta if they're not playing well. But it's a great tandem. So that is what gets me most excited about them. I, I'm pretty high on um, the goaltending, but I'm not as high on the team. So I think if they're struggling, they're going to trade off some assets. It's a weak division. Uh, I think 56, again, is just it's an, almost a perfect number. I'm not going to even touch it because I think there's no point. There's just not enough here for me to think to do it. Because if they do struggle, they might trade off some assets, but I don't think that's going to make a huge difference playing these same teams over and over again. They're not going to be playing Boston a couple of nights down the road, nothing like that. They're not going on a big Eastern Conference trip late in the year where we can kind of, you know, judge that better. So I say I just kind of am out on betting on them really at all because it, it's very volatile in this division. And, and hey, anything, if, you, yeah. if you don't have to watch the Coyotes play hockey, if you have no emotional investment, <laughs> no financial investment, yeah. Honestly, that's probably for the best because there you go. Perfect. They'll, they'll, See, yeah. <laughs> this, there's not this, much. Like there. I said, there's life advice involved in this podcast as well. So don't even end video stream. So don't yeah, even so worry about yeah, spend your time. Subscribe. Yeah. Spend your time on uh, more interesting teams like the Colorado Avalanche, who uh, might just they might just go Harlem Globetrotters on this division, honestly. Just like uh, you know, outside of Vegas, like you know, we'll we'll see. But uh Colorado is uh I think the favorite overall to win the cup uh, at seven to one, like they are just yeah. a really, really, really sound team top to bottom, obviously led by Nate McKinnon. Um, you know, their point total is you need 78 points from them in order to hit the over in 56 I games. I yeah, 112 like, points. It's what, what I mean, mental math in your head. If you want Matt, you're more of the quick math guy. That's gotta be a crazy point pace. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I don't even want to try and do that math in my head, but, uh, you know, 110, something like that, 100, you know, just, Probably, just right? nuts. Yeah, it's got to um, be up there. So, anyway, sort of, you know, what we're looking at here is a team that was already really good. Um, yeah, they ended up losing to the Stars in the bubble and, you know, all that. It was honestly, I think, some, one of the best series uh, there. Uh, yeah. What That, that yeah. one ended in Game 7 overtime, too. Like, just had, every, had everything. Uh, Nate McKinnon was a man possessed and frankly, he's probably going to just do that again here. Um, and so, man, you know, I do love this team. It's really tough at these, you know, just really high numbers to make one of these bets. Um, but when you're sort of comparing Colorado and Vegas who have very similar odds, um, I do think I like Colorado more. I just think they're more dynamic. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously questions of, you know, their bottom six and whatnot, but uh, just when it comes to Vegas not being able to score, that seems like a more of a long-term thing. In Colorado, it just seems like they have sort of uh, everything that Vegas does with a little bit of extra scoring touch. Um, so, you know, that's sort of my lean here. Um, but anyway, any specific thoughts on any of these numbers or should we just move on to LA? Yeah, I guess real quick, uh, I think it's it's definitely a more of a parlay type of bet with them than trying to just put a bunch of money on Colorado. There's not enough equity there. Uh, I love line three. I didn't mention they have a shutdown line in line three to shut down a top forward unit. They have the top end scoring on both lines. Kadri took flight in the playoff. 
defense is absolutely loaded. Taves, McCarr, Gerard, Johnson, Graves. I mean, just stacked up. There's no, I can't see a scenario where they miss the playoffs. Great. I, I, I like Graves. I have no problem. I mean, yeah. Is he in daily fantasy circles kind of like this enigma of a player? Sure. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of this team. I have them definitely as a cup favorite. But we can just make this really not. We could just we could gush about Colorado all day. Also, their reverse retro jersey. If you if you if you like hockey jerseys, definitely give me a follow. Give me. Uh, I I I got to get one of those. I need a Bacar. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I'm I'm glad they went out and got Devontae's because uh, you know the regression monster. He didn't they, they see nothing I mean, like that's... this Ryan Graves season coming. Like the dude was like, I, I think he led the league in plus minus despite being a negative shot share player and just getting killed and expected goal. Like, just really really. Uh, just kind of the ire of my existence last season because he just kept yeah. on doing it. So anyway, um, you know, that that's pretty part and parcel because the team around him is just so freaking good that I'm not too worried about it. But just him specifically as a player, I mean, I don't see it. So um, anyway, speaking well, let's get, of – Let's get to – Speaking of a team the worst? That, yeah, yeah, the absolute no, worst. No, it's Detroit. Detroit is the worst, though. I mean, it, it, we're covering in this division, but Detroit is the only team lower than L.A., I believe, as far as points. I don't even uh, – I, I can check that real quick. I don't think that's true, though. It's, it, it's got to be close. Anyway, um, oh, yeah. talk, we'll, talk we'll about L.A. Talk about, I mean, L.A. is very bad, but I think uh, they have at least a couple guys worth considering as, like, fantasy assets. Other than that, I have no interest in any of these lines. 49 and a half is incredibly low. As we mentioned, you know, 112 points. It's an incredibly low pace, but – I don't like anyone on defense for them, really, outside of a new guy coming in. Mata's bad. Dowdy's getting much worse. Just, their defense is bad. Goaltending is, is falling off. Cal Peterson, not probably going to get you there quick, losing a lot of what he used to have. And I, I have no interest. They pick up Athens. I thought that was interesting. Athens, you kind of trying to maybe be a highlight here uh, on an otherwise pretty abysmal team. I think other than, you know, in season long, I don't think Jeff – Carter is the worst player in the world, but you're pretty deep league. Other than that, it's just there's not much here to talk about. They're terrible. They're going to be really bad. Quentin Byfield, if he does step in, could be a guy to consider as a decent long shot for the Calder. I don't have the odds in front of me, right? He is yeah, the um, yeah. So, so plus, let's. I don't even know because he's oh, plus one hundred seventeen. But yeah, well, let's unpack that a little here. bit. Let's unpack that because I think that the thing with LA, um, specifically for the Quentin Byfield discussion, is that their top line and their top power play seems pretty set in stone. Um, so, you know, yeah. and frankly, when it comes to like season long stuff, I actually do like taking a shot at guys like Kopitar and Dustin Brown because you're getting them so late in your drafts. Um, you know, not to say that I think this team is, you know, on pace for anything spectacular this year or anything, but. The top end guys still are there. I mean, Kopitar's two years removed from being in the heart picture. Um, you know, I think he was the one where the magician <laughs> had to turn over the cards oh, or something ridiculous. Uh, that very, very <laughs> funny uh, event that I think, uh, anyway, that, that just yeah. sticks in my NHL mind. NHL awards, card trick, look it up. Yeah, no, it's very funny. Um, and so there While is you're on enough. YouTube, subscribe. Okay. Yeah, there, there is enough here. Okay. Um, you know, in terms of youth, that I don't think this, you know, 50 points is out of the picture. Um, I, frankly, of the bottom feeders here, I, I actually might like them. Mm, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for me to sort of uh, take apart my feelings there. But um, 
I think there is a decent amount here to like, especially from a daily fantasy perspective when we get into the season. Um, so I think we can just leave the discussion there and talk a little bit more about Byfield when we get to the Calder. But um, moving over to Minnesota. Wilder next. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a team that, frankly, I've loved for years at this point. Like, they just really seem to always um, have these really great underlying numbers. And then they just sort of fall apart uh, because their goaltending is terrible. And, you know, some of that has to do with Devin Dubnik, who is gone and, you know, see you later out in San Jose now. Um, but part of that also, I think, is just because they do such a good job defensively that it might just, uh, you know, when they do break down, it might be uh, you know, a bit tougher. So I'm really interested to see how a guy like Cam Talbot steps in and if he can be even a league average goalie behind a league uh, elite defense um this team should have no problem waltzing through this division um so you know that that's sort of you know a very pie in the sky type take though as far as specific players on this team i mean kevin fiala last year was unbelievable like if you want to talk about a guy who broke out uh you know second half of the season into the bubble i think kevin fiala is right up there among you know sort of the top names you would think of So if he's able to continue that success into this season, he's a guy who I love as a long shot for just about anything. If you can find his name anywhere, Uh, frankly, I haven't even been able to find him in terms of betting. Um, But, you know, fantasy, all of that, Kevin Fiala is a mega massive buy for me. And getting a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, who should man the first power play with him, and is just, you know, incredibly creative and was one of the KHL's best players, uh, before he came over to the States, like there might be a little bit of scoring here too, which is weird to say about a Minnesota oh, yeah. team that's been completely devoid of it for you know many seasons now. Yeah, 100%. Everything you said, I agree with again. I mean, it's that top power play unit with uh, Parise, Fiala, uh, Kaprizov, Dumba, Spurgeon. I mean, that could be really, really strong if that's what they end up going with. I, I do like this team a lot. I think the one, you know, uh, Stalock will be out for a little bit of time. Corello also shouldn't start the year, I don't believe. Um, so I I don't love Cam Talbot. That's my biggest concern here, but he should get a bit of the workload uh, early in the season. I do like um, Capo Kakadin, the uh, third string, I guess, if you will. Last year, he stepped in for a few games. He looked really strong for them. So I think my my hottest of hot takes is that he ends up if you have dynasty teams maybe if you have an extra spot in your uh, prospect pool grab him because i think he could end up making a move here to take over i'm hoping i guess maybe it's the wishful thinking because i have him but i really do like uh, what they have coming up the pipeline in that talbot is my biggest concern here but if talbot and that and stalock if he if he gets back and healthy again which i don't think he's out long term um and capo could end up being a tandem that could get it done for them if they could spread the wealth of all three, could get it to, I, I do have them uh, making the playoffs. I do, I like that bet a good bit. Uh, the only other team that we're going to get to at the end here uh, is the Blues and them, uh, kind of the, 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 the three, four in my, in my eyes potentially. So let's, yeah, so, is there anything else you wanted to mention with the Wild or do you want to get over to the Sharks? No, let's go over to the Sharks. Um, you know, here's a San Jose team two years removed from being considered among the league's best. Uh, last year was, you know, the season from hell from them, um, you know, just terrible, awful, you know, you know, <laughs> you can't say enough bad things about their year last year. Um, and they went out and shored up their goaltending situation by getting Devin Dubnik, the league's worst goaltender. Um, so, you know, it's, 
I want to love this roster because, you know, when you have Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, like, man, like, th- that should be enough, um, you know, to beat out these mostly bad teams otherwise. Um, but, man, their goaltending is just really tough to overcome. So I think 52 and a half, you know, like like we mentioned, these point totals seem a little skewed just in terms of, like, all of these low teams seem really low. Um, so, honestly, there might be some, you know, there might be some value in getting them at the over and still not picking them to make the playoffs. Um, and so I think that's what I'll do. Um, you know, I just think that Eric Carlson's shaped for a big bounce back season. You know, he's not Brent Burns in that he's, I think, four years younger than Brent Burns. Like, we're sort of talking about two similar players in terms of their just overall offensive dominance. But Carlson shouldn't be on such a precipitous decline. Um, so hopefully this extra time off sort of helped him heal up and he's, you know, firing all cylinders. Um, so just from a, you know, guy to keep an eye on going into the season, someone named John Leonard is in their top six. And from all accounts, he actually yeah. might be a pretty decent yeah. player. Um, so I found that really interesting because, you know, almost no one's going to talk about it. Um, and so I, I think that he's a name to keep an eye on and see if he can sort of uh, carve out a role here because there's plenty of opportunities uh, given their lack of depth here. So uh, how do you feel about them sort of hitting, you know, 53 points or over? And do you think there's a shot that this team makes the playoffs? Uh, I I like the under, honestly, and I don't think they have a shot at making the playoffs for really the goaltending reasons. And I think once the, I mean, they're not even a good cap team. I don't believe I mean, they have a lot tied up in a few guys. I think they find a way to sell off a couple guys if they can um, make some trades, try to, they, they gotta just, they gotta get in on this rebuild. I, I don't see how they don't start it now. There's if they are bad to start the year and the goaltending isn't there, they gotta try to move on from Couture and, and maybe even hurdle could be a guy that gets talked about. So I'm a little bit low on them. Uh, I do like Ryan Donato as another guy that was kind of featured on some of the power play units. I think if you do any best balls, which we're kind of getting way out there now, but uh, we we kind of both, I think, like Carlson as an end of the best ball draft, high upside guy, um, because he could you know definitely take over. And if Burns goes down, he could definitely take over. And they might even move him to a team that could really, really feature him. So other than that, though, I'm kind of way low on them. The goaltending is a train wreck. I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm out on them completely. Uh, all right. I, so I, I would say, yeah. All right. I won't fight you too much on that because I really want to like the Sharks. Um, and here's the team in the St. Louis Blues that I really like the Sharks. I like the pieces, but I'm not sure I see it from you know. And that might be going on all in because they're supposed to get 70 and a half points this season. And the St. Louis Blues stealing my thunder right now because I was I was going <laughs> to yeah. keep them out of the they're not in the bluff by so I was getting my big thunder but I thought you liked the Blues a lot so I was going to be uh, this well, is the big one for us no like here here's the thing like I I feel like I do like a lot of the pieces there I mean I, I love the addition of Mike Hoffman uh, almost a one for one replacement of Vladimir Tarasenko that's about it as good as you're going to do on the open market um, you know obviously O'Reilly was you know he's among the top centers in the league. Um, you lost Petrangelo. You actually bring in Tori Krug, who's, you know, he's a very serviceable first line, first power play. We'll see what he can do with extended minutes. Um, and I like it. And then I just sort of look at, you know, they're, they're running guys like Barbashev and like, you know, guys like that sort of slide up the lineup from time to time. And it's like, is that really, you know, a team that I think is on the same level as 
a Vegas or Colorado, um, you know, and they're just sort of penciling in the Blues to the playoffs here too. And this is a team that I think is showing some cracks. Um, you know, DJ, I don't know if you want to talk about ben- Bennington at all, but there's yeah. just a little bit here that's like, uh, you know, there's some there's some signals going off when, you know, you're missing a guy like Tarasenko. We're just sort of assuming that these replacements are as good as the original. And maybe that's not the, the smartest idea. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about your thoughts if you're echoing my sentiment. No, I, I, I'm low on them and, and, you know, I'm low on Bennington in general as, as a goalie. I just, you know, he has the one year and they give him the big contract. And it, obviously, they, he wins a cup for the St. Louis Blues. He deserved it. I'm low on Bennington. They get rid of Jake Allen. Again, kind of a nice cat move for them. Vili Huso, oh, I don't know how many games he's played, is kind of perceivably going to be the backup there. Don't know much about him. I, I'm just low on this team for, for many reasons. I mean, Pietrangelo out. Krug in, I don't think it's as big of a loss as people might think. It's still a bit of a downgrade, but I'm not super bad about that. I just don't think they have much depth. I don't know how good Mike Hoffman's going to be, but he should be fine. Tarasenko, when he comes back, will help a lot, but I just kind of have them as a team that really could end up getting that regression that I think fits them more. Not a ton of star power on this team, which, which is okay. You know, they didn't ride any of them to the playoffs, but I could see them missing. I really can't, even though this division's weak. I think that, you know, they could, you know, Bennington doesn't show up, they could miss it. And I, I like the wild a bit more. So they might slip in at four and be a team to watch in the playoffs, or they could just miss if uh, another team can find a way. So uh, I, I really, it's the goaltending for me here and just lack of secondary scoring that I think will catch them. Um, I think. Yeah. So uh, just, high just it. to cap off the blues discussion, a player that I'm really high on this year is David Perron. Um you know, he's the, I think he's one of the only right-hand shooters on that team. He's going to be almost entrenched on their top power play unit. And he's going to be running shotgun with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. And it looks like Jaden Schwartz beginning the season. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> like uh, he lit it up against Vancouver. Um, you know, they ended up losing that series, which was frankly ridiculous. Um, but I think Perron's really uh, sort of I guess almost like a renaissance in terms of just like he was a productive player and sort of fell off for a bit. Um, but he's a guy I think this year is just in one of the most perfect spots imaginable, um, just given his power play usage and five on five with Ryan O'Reilly. So I really do like him just from a, you know, we don't actually have like Rocket Richard odds or anything, but like, man, like th- this guy, I think is going to have a real good shot at being like a posture knock type player on that power play of Krugler. So um, just a lot to like, I think, from him. Uh, anyway, the last team here we have to talk about is yeah, the Vegas awesome. Golden Knights. Um, you know, frankly, this seems pretty similar to the Colorado discussion. Uh, 75 and a half over under. The, the divisional odds are plus 175. So you're getting, you know, a little bit of uh, equity there. But, you know, to, to me, this team seems sort of inferior to Colorado in, um, in some ways. Um, so bringing in Petrangelo is good, but in order to do so, they had to ship out Nate Schmidt. They had to send away Paul Stastny. Um, so I think a bet on Vegas is a bet on their young centers sort of stepping up and being able to produce at a first line level for them. So, uh, DJ, what are your thoughts on Vegas here? No, yeah, I'm, I'm very high on them. Uh, as I, I, I actually think they could just edge out Colorado as I'll get to. It's going to be very close. Um, I love their defense, though. They have two top-pairing defensemen in Theodore and Pietrangelo. I think McNabb is 
not the best, but him and Pietrangelo should be fine together. Alex Martinez, another addition that may have gotten overlooked in the past. He's he's a good uh, number four there. But I think, you know, you have depth like Glass and Tuck on your third line who can definitely score and make things happen. That is unbelievable. The Marchessault, Carlson, Smith line is awesome. One of the, you know, obviously underrated lines when they got started and they took flight and kind of carried Vegas to a cup. And then, you know, after that, they pick up Stone and Pacioretty who are just absolute animals. I love love mark stone i think anyone that's watched him play loves mark stone so i guess the best part is potch and stone can lift a guy like chandler stevenson to i guess consideration and in, in daily fantasy sports and really anything so it, it is amazing what they've been able to do um in just a few years since their inaugural inaugural season leonard solid goaltender buffalo definitely almost destroyed the man but he made it out alive and here we are with a team that i think is super strong <laughs> and them in Colorado fighting for the top. I just give them the edge. I think they just find a way to get a couple more points, one more win late in the year. They beat it up on the bad teams, maybe just a little bit better. Um, and I think they're a little bit more uh, adverse to a major injury than a Colorado might be. I think they have a lot of depth. So it's kind of a random thought that, but I, I think that they have a lot of, uh, they could be adverse uh, over Colorado. Yeah. So um. Uh, you know, I, I I think I stick with my lean of Colorado over Vegas, but I certainly uh, get your point. Um, so when we talk about the four teams that are make it out of this division and into the playoffs, um, you know, I think we can both pencil in Vegas and Colorado. Yep. Um, you know, look, orders, but yes. Yeah, look, for me, it's I think it's going to be St. Louis. Um, you know, I don't I don't love St. Louis. So I think a team though, I mentioned them at the start, like Anaheim, um, you know, it's, it's tough to bet on a team like that, but in such a, you know, short season with a goalie like John Gibson um, and just some of the offensive pieces that I think had a unusually quiet year last year. um, I think this year they'll bounce back. And also one thing to keep in mind when you're sort of betting on these you know, season long things is that we've already seen it in the NBA. When you go live, it's really tough in a non-bubble setting to sort of keep everything as expected. Um, you know, we're seeing teams fall apart for weeks at a time just due to contact contact tracing and positive tests and everything else. So I think, if, you know, this season more than most, if you have a hot take, given the sort of the variance that will go into the season, um, this might be the season to capitalize on it. So I think that Anaheim's that team for me this year. Um, so I'll take them as my fourth playoff team. Okay. Yeah, so I have Vegas, Colorado. I have the Minnesota Wild at three. I'm really, really high on them. I mean, the thing that plagued them was scoring. They couldn't find it. They pick up a couple guys in Kaprizov and, and others that I think will get it done for them. Find the goals, pick up that power play, get them at the three, and then the Ducks at four for exactly what you said. And I think I think Gibson is, is a guy that, you know, we're going to get to the awards right now, but – if you follow that narrative, Gibson does not is something that I heavily consider. He is, I think, the best goalie in the NHL, potentially, with him, uh, Hellebuck, and others. So let's get to those awards right now, unless if there's one more thing you wanted to mention about any of the, the Western Conference. Um, no, I mean, division? so obviously, yeah, obviously we haven't talked about the Canadian or the Central Divisions, and, uh, you know, stay tuned to the podcast feed for some discussion on those teams. Uh, but just in terms of your, you know, your favorite to win the cup and then a long shot, did, did you have anyone in mind in terms sure. of, um, you know, just entirely great. Just... Yeah. It could be one of the teams we talked about and it could, you know, it could not be. Um, so 
Yeah. I, I think I'll lead mine off with uh, I'm, I'm big on Toronto this year. I, I think that Toronto is going to uh, just blitz this Canadian division. And I think that, you know, uh, win, win a cup for Joe, like that whole thing. Uh, I'm just really excited by their prospects. And it's great that I can sort of root for their success without them uh, directly impacting the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so that's a first. Um, but, you know, and it would just be freaking hysterical if uh, the, the Leafs won a cup while Canada was under, you know, national quarantine. Like that would just, that would just make my life, um, you know, get Joe's cup, make the Leafs fans sad still, like just, just perfect. Uh, so, so give that to me uh, all, every day. Yeah, I mean, I a team that we talked about. Uh, I think the Flyers. I really, I'm super duper high on them. I think Carter Hart is the real deal, and he might step up and and make his sort of case for why he is the, one of the elite top five boys in the league. And if he does that, they have the defense, have the scoring. Nolan Patrick, I really, really hope come back, have the redemption story that I think he deserves. A lot of people have kind of written him off. I think people around the Flyers organization are so high on him he comes back in and, and adds to that already elite forward group. They could be a real force. Uh, they make it out of the East. You know, they have to play what would be the central Tampa Bay without Kucherov Tampa Bay, potentially without another guy, you know, they, I don't know if they're going to be there. Carolina really the, the goaltending, I think to get it done. So they could really walk into that playoffs and play a team like Toronto, which would be just an amazingly fun Stanley cup with Toronto and Philadelphia. How, how crazy could it be? Um, so I have them as my kind of favorite to make it. They're, they're maybe up the, one of the highest uh, odds as we mentioned, but they're, they're up there. And I think long shot wise, um, first off, I'll give my negative equity long shot. My, my long shot to miss would be the Dallas Stars. I won't get too into it because we're not covering them. As Matt mentioned, it'll be on a, the next podcast you probably see on your feed. Um, they'd be my long shot to I think they're pretty high favorites to make the playoffs. I think they'll be one that misses my long shot to make it though. And I think maybe even go on a run would be, you know, I'm going to go with, I don't know. I could stick with Minnesota. Honestly, I think I was going to stick with them. I already touted them pretty high. I don't think they have a real great chance at the cup unless if one of these goalies is just goes crazy. Um, but I think they're kind of a long shot to make it and maybe make it out of the first round of the playoffs and get into that final four. Yeah, so you've got fifty to one there on Minnesota. I'll take I'll take um, Florida at forty five to one. Um, you know they lost Hoffman, they lost Adenov, but frankly they still have Barkov, they still have Huberdo. I think that Frank Vitrano, uh, you know, if he's sort of the, uh, you know, if he's the shooter slash scorer that you know Mike Hoffman was for them on the power play, I think that could be a lot of fun. Also, really underrated is Patrick Hornfist's acquisition. Um, I think he's a really effective power play guy too. So I don't think they'll have too much of a problem scoring goals despite, you know, losing two really good top six players. Um, and you just, I think you just have the bet on Bobrovsky bouncing back. And so I just think that leaves a lot of upside there to a 45 to one number. Um, so I, I like Florida there. And especially for the reason you mentioned about the central sort of having these question marks and injury concerns. Yeah. So um, that's where I'll go with that. So Anyway, to cap off this show, um, you know, thank you all for tuning in to our what, first episode. Are we going to do the awards? Yeah, yeah. So, so to cap it off, we're going to oh. just talk about a, a same thing, a favorite and a long shot for some of the four uh, major awards, let's call them, between the sure. uh, Hart Trophy, the MVP, the Calder Trophy for the best rookie, the Norris for the best defenseman, and the Vezina for the best goaltender. So, um, DJ, let's start with the Hart Trophy. Um, we've, we've mentioned a lot of names, you know, kind of talking about these teams, like, you know, players that could, you know, go on a run. 
and you know lead their team to the playoffs and sort of earn themselves some consideration. So uh, with all that in mind, do you sort of have like a favorite and then a long shot for uh, the MVP this year? Yeah, I, I think uh, Austin Matthews would be my favorite. I think, as you mentioned, Toronto, really the premium team in that division playing against Ottawa a handful of times. There's a lot of teams in this division too, I think, that are going to give up a lot of goals. I mean, Winnipeg, kind of defensive team, but I'm not too high on Edmonton's defense, Calgary, uh, Ottawa, obviously, as I mentioned, or Vancouver. So they're going to get a lot of chances, I think, to really have some huge games. I know we talked about it in our podcast. If you can tune into one division only, the North might be the most exciting to watch. And I think Matthews could really be a beneficiary of all of that uh, fun and high-scoring affairs that should ensue. So he'd be my favorite. As far as long shot, I think there's two guys that I like. I think one would be Patrick Kane. If you have some belief in this uh chicago team to find a way in which is incredibly incredibly optimistic of you because they're not going to make it almost i mean it'd be crazy if they did but if they find a way to get there you gotta have patrick kane as your mvp i mean it would be uh, uh, carrying them on his back and scoring a million points um other than that way down the list looking on this i, I would i would consider oh god what was it the guy um Barkov, Barkov was the other guy uh, down the list. A, a very good bit. Yeah, plus five fifty on DraftKings, uh, five thousand five hundred. Um, he could, yeah. you know, he is a, yeah a special special talent on a Florida team that again not many people are high on. You're higher on them than most, though. Those would be the guys for me. Uh, All right, so so for me, it's pretty basic. Uh, my favorite, Nate McKinnon. He got absolutely robbed last year. Um, Leon Draisaitl was not the MVP of the NHL, and you will never be able to convince me of that. Um, so Nate McKinnon, a get right award this year, like, you know, they're just like the narratives there, they're, they're going to have to give it to him. You know, he's going to have another spectacular season. And also in some of the arguments you made about Austin Matthews, I think apply to Nate McKinnon as well, just in that, like they should be the class of their division and not have too much competition. So, um, that's what I like there. And then in terms of the, uh, you know, MVP, uh, at a more, you know, a long shot, I think that Patrice Bergeron at 51 is interesting because a lot of the problems there in the past have been like, how do you just pick one of them? And this year, you know, if Boston's really good, if, you know, that line comes back together and has a, you know, a full, let's call it two thirds or half of the season, the counting stats should be there for Bergeron. And you don't have to deal with the, oh, well, David Pasternak's the reason or Brad Marchand's the reason because those guys missed some time. Um, I, I just think that that's like sort of not quite baked into this where you're getting uh, Bergeron at such a high number relative to, you know, a posture knock at 27 to one or whatever, uh, just with the games played argument. So um, that's who, you know, that's sort of who I like for the MVP. Let's go over to the uh, Calder trophy, um, yeah. you know, best rookie. You want to go versus time? Yeah. So this is a lot of projecting usage more than it is projecting talent. Oh yeah. Honestly. Um, cause you know, it's just really tough. You know, you could have all the talent in the world, but be playing fourth line minutes and just, you know, not get there in your rookie season. So, um, for, so for me, you know, I argue amongst yourselves, whether this is even appropriate for, you know, a guy like Kirill Kaprizov to be, you know, featured in this conversation because, you know, he is a good amount older than most of these guys contending, but I think Kaprizov at plus 400 is the, the best bet here. Um, he's going to be in the top six. He's already produced against men. Uh, you know, I just think he should be the odds on favorite and he's not. So, um, that's why yeah. I like here. Who, who do you like at the top? 
I mean, I, I definitely agree with that, but I'll just give it to Shostorkin then um, because he should be the number one in, in New York. I love Lafreniere as well. I mean, there's definitely the case to be made with him. He should be featured, but will he be featured on that top power play? I, I kind of find it hard to believe. So I think Shostorkin, if they, even if they miss playoffs, he could win it. I mean, he is going to be awesome for them. I'm very, very high on his future. The Rangers, the goalie, you know, they go from Bunk versus Shostorkin. That's just amazing luck. Uh, so I'm very high on him. And Kaprizov, um, I think the long shot, uh, it's really hard to convince me of a lot of these guys because most of them won't start the season with their team. Um, we even got news today that Marco Rossi is out indefinitely. So a guy that maybe could have slipped in later on. But I think if you're going long shot, I, I like Sorokin, uh, another goalie for the island. If he could somehow either take over, even though he's, you know, if he could take over or there's an injury, um, his odds, you know, plus 117, maybe it's not quite enough of, uh, of equity to get you there, but I think he's also a pretty special talent, an older guy who has excelled at the top pro level. Um, if Varlamov struggles or gets injured or something, he could play another guy right there. If they can make the playoffs, that he would carry them. Yeah, so... Um, Is there any long shot for you? Yeah, so the long shot for me, um, I wish we had more clarity of the situation uh, on the island because... I really like both Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom. Both of those guys are incredible shooters and really gifted offensively. Um, it's just a matter of playing time for both of them. And so it seems like there might be a job open for one of those guys. Probably not both, though. Um, so if over the next few days we sort of get like, a, hey, this guy is going to be, you know, like this guy seems like he has the edge. I think getting both of those guys at 50 to 1 could be, you know, a decent long shot bet. So uh, just something to keep an eye on as we sort of close in on the start of the season. But uh, all right, next up we have the Norris. Norris Trophy. Um, DJ, I believe you referred to it as the Career Achievement Award. Yeah, um, the Career Achievement and Defense Award, um, for sure. It's it's definitely, I mean, if you watch, go back and kind of look through that, it's every time a guy gets snubbed, he wins it the next year, it almost feels like. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of these younger guys just because they haven't played enough and they haven't, you know, uh, met enough of these writers who vote for them and haven't made enough connections to them. So, uh, I mean, these are all humans that are voting on this and the humans kind of like to pick the guys who are nice to them. They haven't uh, had enough time to do that yet. So I'm definitely looking at the older guys when it comes to this. Um, the only one I'm considering at the top is a guy like Hamilton over a guy like Hedman. Um, because Hamilton, I think his points are going to be there. It's also, you know, the points matter so much more than the actual defensive play. They don't really care about how good of defense you play. You could be one of the worst possession drivers in the NHL or possession players as far as when you're on the ice, but you get the points, you're there, and that's where Hamilton could make it. So at the top, I don't need to give it to Yossi again or Carlson again. Um, Hamilton at the top, I think, is a fair bet. Um, and as far as the sleeper, I'm definitely not going to take your guy, but I'll take a guy like Shea Weber. Um, you know, re real shot down the list, but if he has the points, which in this high-flying, fun north, a lot of points to be given. You know, Petrie does steal some value from him. Obviously, he's another point producer himself. But if Shea Weber just finds the back of the net up, you know, gets the puck luck hit that, you know, could happen for a defenseman that with his caliber of a shot, he could definitely find his, uh, himself in that race. And he's – has he ever won? I believe he – has he won? I'm I, thinking about it. Has Shea Weber ever won the North? I don't believe so. Um, I don't believe so either. I don't think so, but I don't know off the top of my head. I, I'll definitely look that up. So, if he's never won one – 
great equity speaking, way down the list. What is speaking he? of a guy who's never won a Norris, though, um, yes. you know, I think yes. that the stars are in alignment for Chris Letang here. Um, 17 to 1. I just I don't get why he's not you know closer to the favorites because his problem for the last few years has been injuries. One, obviously those are pretty unpredictable and you know they obviously suck when they happen. Um, but you know in a shorter season, you know I, I think he does have some you know potential to play all 56 games and put up a ton of numbers. Uh, and also losing Justin Schultz kind of takes away a guy who stole a lot of power play time from them in the past. So. To me, it just feels like everything's there for Chris Letang to sort of, you know, be feeding Gino, be feeding Sid, pick up a bunch of assists, be on a team that maybe is a bit better than expected, and, you know, lock up the, as you said, career achievement award for a guy who's been among the sort of elite tier of defensemen for most of his career, but has never actually gotten the award himself. So uh, that's why I like at the top. And then toward the bottom, I think you're sort of betting on a younger guy, maybe a Ryan Pulak, uh, 60 to 1. You know, he's going to man their first power play. Uh, just really, really good defenseman. One heck of a shot. Um, so I think if you like Shea Weber, you know, you should probably like Prolock too because they're probably similar bets and you're getting a much better number on uh, uh, Pulock there. So let's um, wrap this yeah. up with the best goalie. Uh, I believe we call this the Voodoo Award because you know, goaltending is voodoo and a good goalie today is you know, trash tomorrow. Um, so yeah. anyway, there's a decent, uh, there's a decent look at, you know, you mentioned Sorokin and uh, Shesterkin already. And honestly, I think there's a chance that both of those guys as long shots could sort of earn their way into Vezina conversation as well, just because a lot yeah. of the talk around them will be sort of covering for, especially the Rangers will be covering for a lackluster defense against these, you know, uh, bombshells of teams you know guys like ov and boston like you know there's going to be a ton of offensive firepower against them um so you know i think there is a good amount of narrative toward betting those guys if you like them for the call there to also sort of consider them for the Vesna too um but you know what are your thoughts on that and in general no, i i think uh generally speaking with the Vesna as well it's kind of not always, but most of the time, it's a goalie that lifts his team from where people thought they'd be to where they end up being, um, which is kind of why it's hard for me to pick up Vasilevsky or uh, Tuka Rask or something like that. So, I mean, I've touted Philly enough. If I to say they're going to win a cup, I feel like I got to say Carter Hart up here. If he gets the job done, gets the that division win, uh, gets some, yeah. Well, there's the Vezna's the voted on before the playoffs, right? Yeah. Just making is that one that's just the season. I think that'd be enough to get him. That'd be the top guy, uh, just plus a thousand. I think down the list, um, if Minnesota makes it, as I mentioned, I guess I got to go Cam Talbot. Uh, another guy that definitely hasn't gotten it before. He hasn't shown flashes in the past of being a, a number one goalie, but if he plays really well with that defense in front of him, which is conceivably could happen. I mean, he has maybe a, the top, a top five defensive unit in front of him in Minnesota and they find the, the, the scoring and he hits the wins. Why not? Plus two, two, uh, two thousand one hundred on DraftKings if you're looking there, or you know if you want to go through the site, we probably should be mentioning more um, FTN to find more uh, on that. Definitely, I think he he's kind of the bottom of the the the, the lowest or worst odds potential highest uh, exposure as far as starting and playing games uh, on the entire thing. Maybe Would you say for Omar the best long shot? <laughs> 
He's the best long the, shot. That, that would be another so, way of putting all it. Right. So <laughs> he might be the best long shot if you if you will. Yeah. So all right. That that's a ton of discussion about what should be a really fun, really unique uh, 2021 NHL season. Um, so thank you all again for tuning in, and we're looking forward to do tons of more shows like this. Um, so just again, if you're just finding this, uh, you know we're the Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets Show. Uh, find us on your podcast app of choice or on youtube it should be great um also subscribe to the mayo media network in general uh, they just do awesome stuff if you like golf or anything else uh football mma like there's a ton of stuff there honestly so just really uh, really good stuff all around um and tell us your favorite bets in the comments if you if you like yes. you know if you liked anything that we mentioned or have one of your own uh you know you could also tweet at us i am at fake moods there dj is at dj underscore mitchell 94 um and then also again big thanks to fade the noise for helping us uh you know get this show on the road so dj anything else you want to say uh fade the noise fen daily ftm bets use the code mayo for a discount get in on the optimizers projections everything that you want for your season long your daily um all of that good stuff even you know we want to take some odds Parley's, all that stuff. It's everything you could need in one spot. Check it out. Give it a look. Subscribe, comment. It takes two seconds to subscribe. It means the world to us. It means the world uh, to, as we get started here. So definitely let us know. Comment what you liked about the show, what you didn't like about the show. Uh, follow us and let's let's uh, have a great season. Uh, Matt, want to take us out? Yeah. Um, you know, you'll find us on Tuesdays and Thursdays here. Uh, also find us oh. on the Morning Skate podcast. Just uh, you know, check that out too, because we'll be talking there mostly about daily fantasy specific yeah. things, and uh, it, you know, it's a great time. So, uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk soon. Bye.